Yes team, welcome back to another episode of the High Performance Coach Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Built for Life podcast. <laughs> we thought this would be a perfect opportunity to uh, bring two podcasts together and collide. And also, uh, we didn't want to have to go through two completely separate intros. Uh, but as myself and Mark are down in Manchester for the High Rocks World Champs, we thought we would uh, sit behind a breakfast bar after a flat white. Well, Mark had a latte. And uh, basically shoot the shit, catch up, and uh, just go through some topics that we actually talked about uh, on the way down in the car yesterday, much to Aaron's delight as he fell asleep in the back. Uh, so, so I'm not sure how this is actually gonna go, and it was three o'clock in the afternoon. So Mark, firstly, uh, how are you feeling for the uh, High Rocks today, my friend? Me, I am buzzing, I am buzzing. My daddy's the fairness no more. <laughs> I'm like nine kilos light, our training's been going so well, obviously I've been training in Dubai and pretty much an oven. So coming back here and actually running with some fresh air, I'm really looking forward to it. And I think last night, looked at the game plan, just kind of filled us with a bit more confidence, knowing kind of where we went wrong last time, i.e. me being a fat bastard. And uh, we're Metcons <laughs> running around the entire thing. But no, mate, I am buzzing for it. What about you? Yeah, mate, exactly the same. I think obviously off the back of Glasgow, like there's not many events I really think you do that uh, obviously have an incredible atmosphere, environment, and uh, yeah, it's just brilliant because there's so many people uh, in one space, one place, all obviously kind of varying degrees of kind of like levels. And uh, I think it's obviously so accessible for everybody. And it's just, yeah, I think a, a real sweet spot in terms of um, being able to uh, push in terms of obviously the running side of things uh, with obviously some simple kind of like skill kind of movements in between in terms yeah. of some functional stuff so uh, very much looking forward to it Glasgow is epic very much excited for today to see uh, where we can go what we can do and uh, yeah mate what's to come and I'm excited for you not to be a Metcon sounding like <laughs> sound like an elephant <laughs> behind me honestly it just sounds like a, a guy that works in the city running for a train behind you for 8k <laughs> and, you're actually, Chase train. and you're absolutely peeled this time as well which is that's the most important thing. Well, we'll start. We'll actually start there. In terms of obviously individuals that may be curious and or thinking about maybe doing an event or like say for example like High Rocks, um, what would you say is going to be the most important considerations that they need to make from a training perspective mm. if somebody's now looking to enter that event? We spoke about High Rocks quite a few times now, and obviously it's become a very very big competition. And I think the biggest thing is just your ability to run first and foremost. I think you know ever since lockdown, I think people have started to really become more curious with the kind of activities that they can partake in. Beforehand, I know that obviously you've done a few different things, not just kind of bodybuilding comps. I was primarily kind of bodybuilding, and then I remember thinking to myself, having these like small weights at home during lockdown. I think I had like seven kg dumbbells, one easy bar, two five kg plates. I had to do pull ups in like the landing of my building just to try and get some more stimulus in. I was just so fucking bored. And at that point, I actually went out and done my four half Ironmans. That was before I got hypothermia with you, which we spoke about in the last podcast. Any Built for Life guys, I'll tell you that story one day that haven't heard all the Built for Life podcast. But I think I became far more curious with what else was possible outside the realm of just training in the gym all the time. And I hadn't ran in years because I hadn't really ran after playing football because I never, I always told myself I didn't like to run without a ball in front of my feet because it was almost like a distraction. But I didn't quite realize that the least you could get with obviously building a business and everything else going on in your life, that kind of release that running could give you and actually process information better. I hadn't swam since my early teens and I actually used to swim quite well competitively when I was younger and then I didn't even own a bike so I actually borrowed my my pal's mountain bike to do 56 miles <laughs> and it was definitely the, the, wrong, the wrong thing to do but I finished it, each and every single week I finished it and then I was like well if that's what I've done without any training then essentially what else is possible and it really goes to show what humans are capable of if you can just overcome that mentally i was doing it for charity as well so there's a sense of accountability there and obviously there's times where you probably think you 
had hit your limits, but that keeps you going and surprises you with what else is possible. So then going into kind of other forms of competition and looking at how you can really build yourself from an aerobic standpoint, you just feel so much healthier as well. I feel so much healthier. I feel so much more, I feel like I've got so much more energy on a, a, a consistent basis. And I think that's why something like high rocks could be so good just for anyone that's looking to partake in a competition. But running um, capacity and economy is definitely one of them. I found last time that because I hadn't really been doing as much running, the volume or the distances weren't quite as large. Plus I was obviously in the middle of trying to put on weight that it really impaired performance. The thing is we still were hitting pretty decent enough like times on our, on our case, but it wasn't where it needs to be to really elevate to that standard where we know we could be at. So running economy and capacity, definitely one of them. Just conditioning yourself both aerobically and anaerobically as well, obviously for the kind of skill levels in between when you're doing like the skis, the rower, the farmers carries, the lunges, all of that sort of stuff. But just being just being a bit more curious, I think, with how far you can truly push yourself in the realm of cardiovascular based activity while still focusing on other goals if it is body composition elsewhere that you have from a resistance training standpoint. Just getting your training right, being in the right frame of mind to lead with curiosity and exploration probably above all else because I think we'd at a standard now where we went into that last competition expecting that we could have a certain point. But even with that expectation, you need to know that it might not always go to plan and you can leave and you can rejig things, then you can go back better in the future. I've got so many of the guys running the Edinburgh Half and Full Marathon this weekend and I was like, after to remove this expectation, don't go in there with a time that you're going to complete this marathon in. So if you've not done it before, you then earn the right to say, okay, this is where we want to go next time and what we have to change. And if you train correctly in between any competition, any marathon, whatever it may be, you can drastically improve your time if you make changes to whatever it is that you've identified doesn't allow you to get to where you needed to be you know so those would probably be the considerations for me yeah massive i think if i reflect that back as well to you it's even like if you look at your own kind of um athletic journey last year february time you hit a three-hour marathon and then obviously going into then obviously high rocks pretty much like 12 months like thereafter two completely different goals you're at two completely different stages yeah. but just goes to show you obviously just the power of like when you actually knew do really start to get specific and really aligned obviously the main focus at the start of this year was actually how much tissue can i accrue how much can i build how much can i develop which obviously did have an impact your uh, capacity to be able to run was still high relative to the average but in relation to obviously where you've been like yeah. 12 months prior just the difference in the shift in terms of like focus. Yeah. Um, even just obviously the body weight that you were obviously then carrying, obviously from like I say, an economic perspective um, or a, uh, an economy perspective, sorry, um, I think is obviously, let's say so powerful. So even though you've got a, like a really strong baseline, just those few little kind of um, shifts and changes in terms of like training focus can actually impede and actually have a big impact. But also saying that it's very easy for you to now be able to shift gears and then come back into yeah. and build upon what you've obviously had before as well. 100%, 100%. I couldn't agree more. And I think people need to realize like things do come around in seasons and I don't just mean seasons with like your physical goals. It's like the things that you're going through in life that impair your ability to focus on the things that you want to uphold on a consistent basis. Like you and I had a call last year and I've coached with Joe for three years, maybe I think. Never asked you for a call once. And I think you actually pushed me for the call because I was in like crisis mode. I was just trying to fucking battle plan and firefight and just extinguish everything on my own. And there was so much compounding stress. So much so that I actually defaulted to not eating as much, like just trying to get through my working days. And that's the thing, like, I think looking back on where I was previously, like I used to be a big emotional eater. And now, because I'm so emotionally regulated and I can kind of find logic in everything, even if it's making me push my pain threshold and tolerance to a fucking breaking point, I can then I can then tolerate so much, but at the same time, 
like diminish like how well I look after myself. So going from like emotionally eating when I was stressed to like not eating at all, and that was after I got my food poisoning as well, and I dropped like five kilos. I was the lightest weight I'd been in years. So after the food poisoning, having the the mental anguish of being like Jesus Christ, I feel so thin, I feel so small, I feel so weak. I'm also not obviously operating at the capacity either of running like a three hour marathon. So you kind of almost feel like you've lost it, but you know you've not lost it. And at that point I was like, right, something quickly needs to change. Like, and that's, that's the thing, like you can dwell on what you're going through and you can give yourself a certain amount of time to stay down, but you have to give yourself a certain amount of time to stay down and then cut the shit thereafter. People just think that you can kind of get warped in this kind of pity party and you can allow it to just kind of stretch and last for as long as you, you want it to, but you need to put a deadline on it. Like even, even top athletes will say like, if something happens, I'll let myself rant or stay down for a day, a week, a month if need be to get the game plan right next time. And that's exactly what I've done. And I've come back better, I've come back stronger, I've come back bigger, most important thing. Um, and I'm feeling, mate, I'm feeling really good. But we spoke about something yesterday on the way down, as you said in the intro regarding kind of why we are the way that we are and why we do what we do as a result of that. And I think that's quite powerful because we had some powerful conversations about it yesterday and I had a few epiphanies in it. And it's probably things that I've known deep down but I didn't actually come to realisation of until you said that in a particular way. It's so funny because even though those words have been thrown about before, it was the way that you used that sentence that I just done fuck. Why have I never considered that? And I know it's questions that sometimes we get asked quite frequently. So to ask you, why do you think you are the way that you are and why do you think you do the things that you do as a result of that yeah i think and again mate when we asked when we had this conversation so it was like do you know what it's like you could literally go down so many rabbit holes and i think there's so many things that kind of pop up in my mind and that, that stemmed from because i had a call with a, a leadership coach who i'm now going to be working with for a period of time and she then asked me that question <laughs> like well the fact you mean you are the way that you are and i was like oh well, let's open a can of worms and i was like i think i've got an awareness and that's why then i put that kind of other question onto you and then we just kind of went off um i think there's been a kind of a multitude of different things i think obviously uh number one uh your environment i think plays obviously kind of like a huge uh, you know a huge huge role in terms of um the kind of like leaders that i obviously had in my life and the kind of i suppose the discipline that i was given obviously from a, a younger age so like my my stepdad was kind of uh, very very kind of hard is the wrong word but was very very kind of like like disciplined in terms of uh, like this is the time you need to be home this is the time you need to do this this is basically what you need to do got me obviously into sport yeah. um incredibly incredibly early and even though i actually didn't want to go to football training go and do those things i was very much against it when i was a child um and i don't know that kind of i suppose like almost like disciplined structure having these boundaries and barriers that i actually had these boundaries that i had in place sorry uh, i think even when i was a child i think obviously created this kind of like routine for me and also created that discipline for me not in a you know not in a negative way uh but just in terms of like these are our values as a family these are the things that we now do together so like if i was two minutes home like late home from like playing football or whatever for dinner like that was not uh, appropriate and uh, you wouldn't be best received so i think it was even those little things in terms of the standards that were then kind of set mm. uh, because this was important for us and this is now why we'd kind of do what we do because we're a family blah 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 um and i think that had a huge impact on like, actually the discipline and the standards that i now kind of like hold myself to at this present moment and just structure and routine aside from that i think obviously there's been probably um a lot of like pain and also potentially like feelings of like insufficiency uh which is obviously then driven like me to obviously now behave and to feel as though that i was like enough and worthy and in doing so uh, i would cling on to either like my sporting prowess or uh like how i now look like aesthetically and 
quite often I would use um, training and looking a certain way to actually mask mm. the lacking confidence that I had in myself uh, and therefore almost felt as though that was like a shield and a barrier um, for me. Um, and I think as well, just my granddad playing probably a huge kind of like, um, like role in um, like my upbringing in terms of just the character, not because of what he told me that I had to do, but because of the way in which he, I suppose, almost like conducted himself. And um, I looked at him as obviously a massive role model and what he'd been through in terms of like the sport and everything that he'd now done and what he'd achieved and accomplished even in his career. Um, and then obviously that was almost like a massive like role model for me that I almost wanted to kind of make proud, but also then kind of like embody. Yeah. Um, but I've also been through times where I remember being in the third year university and like waking up with a pizza box next to my bed, being out four nights in a row, um, and then thinking, is this me, is this it? Like, I know that I'm living nowhere near my potential and I've got so much more to give. Yeah. And that was almost like a kind of catalyst for me that then actually sparked this whole kind of like bodybuilding journey and everything else because I knew that I was capable of more and there was an itch that I wanted to scratch, but I didn't know like what or how, but I just knew that I had more in me and I was letting myself down. And I always have this thing where I look back and it would start with the um, end in mind, which is seven habits of highly effective people. And it was like, when you look back, it's like, what do you want to not regret? What do you want to accomplish, yeah. achieve? And I always just think about and visualize myself in like a rocking chair. And I always think actually, do you know, when you're old, hopefully I have that opportunity to get old. Um, I want to be able to look back and go, actually, do you know what? I gave that a good crack. I actually did fulfill my potential, not in terms of like tangible like goals or metrics or numbers, but just inherently within myself. Yeah. Because I think that uh, journey you go on where you build that confidence and that trust and you behave and you uh, do certain things that allows you just to obviously build so much uh, self-assurance within yourself, which I then think obviously kind of gets seeped out into every other, other aspect of life. But um, yeah, I think it's something I'd have to continue to sit on and think about and explore, mm. but I don't think it's ever one thing. I think it's obviously a multitude. Yeah. Well, How about you? Well, I was actually going to ask just in reply to you saying that, like, Obviously, we kind of were talking about yesterday as well, like within the coaching realm, the coaching world, like things are definitely getting much tougher for coaches now um, because they, they lack conviction, vision, they lack really probably taking people to the place that they need to, to actually coach them. Like I think you and I think about coaching very, very differently. It's very much about like coaching the person. How can we get the best out of this individual? And people talk about like personalized plans and X, Y, and Z. This is how we'll help you in your fat loss journey. But no one has that. Not no one, sorry, not a lot of people currently, and that's why we see a lot of coaches struggling, is that they don't have that very defined message, like this is the problem that I can help you with. This surface level stuff is not the fucking big issue. We need to get you thriving as a person first. We need to get you more stable. We need to get you in a better headspace. We need to improve your environment. We need to actually look at the things that are holding you back, the fears, the doubts, the insecurities in your mind. And obviously, going through this kind of place in the market right now, you're seeing a lot of coaches actually give up on their coaching career or the ones that really do have that defined message really excel. Through everything that you just discussed, the kind of you feel has brought you to this point, why do you feel like you were able to take a step a step further though? Because if you look at all these traits that you've kind of brought to, to your life from the people that have given you them and kind of what you've observed and your, your perception of those, why do you think you've been able to take it to a new level? I think confidence needs it. I think almost you need evidence. And then when you just start to realize the impact that you're having and how you feel and the connection that you then obviously have to others when obviously they're starting to attain a certain result or achieve certain things that they never maybe thought would be possible because of, the, because of maybe the, the company or the way in which you've now behaved. And I think that almost like accountability works both ways. Mm -hmm. 
you know? And I think first and foremost, is like your uh, uniqueness is found at the intersection of who you've been and who you're striving to become. And I have this huge need to be of service to others because I believe that everybody has so much like, again, it's not sound like cliche or but cheesy, but like, like greatness within them in alignment with what success now looks like to them. But I also appreciate that they are limited to how good they can be based upon how good that I am, if we're now gonna collaborate and connect and obviously now like work together most importantly. Uh, and so I think for me, it's always just continually exploring like this actually isn't about me. This is actually about how can I now be better within myself um, and, and understand myself to a greater degree so that I can now create a platform and environment and almost be a vessel mm-hmm. that is almost creating a container that's obviously then allowing somebody else to then go on their own like personal journey yeah. and not because I'm trying to place what I've done onto them and trying to coach them in the same manner, but just trying to obviously empathize and understand uh, and then obviously develop my own kind of coaching acumen and coaching craft so that I can then uh, obviously give them the tools for them to be able to coach themselves um, through obviously that process. And I think for me, that's a huge driver. It's like, I have to be better because I want you to be better. Um, for your own reasons yeah. and therefore that's that's reciprocated in accountability that forces me to continue to um, improve and excel and I think as well have this like self-mastery yeah you yeah. know and I've always had this thought of like wanting to be like autonomous be independent I wanted to be able to ensure that um, we could be uh, like safe secure I could look after my family I feel as though that obviously they sacrificed and gave up so much and obviously gave me so many incredibly incredible opportunities and I've always had this massive driver that I wanted to be able to be in a place in a space where I could then give them give that back to them not that they want that not that they need that but to be in a position where actually um, I can now support them through not just financial, but um, through like everything, you know, in terms of like being that individual that has ah, got those traits and characteristics and behaviors and has got those standards in the way in which you now look after yourself that actually allows you to be um, in a position where people feel safe to come to you because you're almost like that lighthouse, I suppose. I think that kind of comes down to like, you know your niche very well, the problems you can solve, the people you can help and almost trying to invigorate yourself as that coach that you feel you would have needed because the thing is, I think both of us work with people who go through very similar kind of life experiences and want to be better and we've kind of taken ourselves to that point to show people that it's possible. So we are trying to always think about, well, when we were in the depths of it, when we were in the despair of it, when we were in the pain, we were in the hurt, what do we need to continuously do to upskill ourselves to be that lighthouse that we would have needed yeah. so that these people can have that same lighthouse? Yeah. That makes sense. I, I, mate, I think you'd hit the nail on the head. I think the big thing for me is that I want to be the leader that I wish that, not, that, not that I had, because I suppose I have had some incredible leadership like, figures in my life that are um, incredible. Uh, but yeah, also then, de- yeah, in the specific domain that I now operate within, yeah. um, in terms of like the coaching, like, yeah, basically I wanted to be the leader that I now wish that I had fundamentally. Um, and I think that was obviously at the core of everything. And I think, again, it's like, it's just, being able to build relationships and build rapport and connection with people. But in order for you to be able to do that, you need to be able to develop that relationship with, with yourself. yourself 100%. Because otherwise, <laughs> there's always going to be this kind of like a hole uh, that's almost going to be missing. And therefore, you'll be, again, I did this with my body. It's like I was seeking validation. I was seeking now being able to be enough by people telling me how good that I looked or how well that I was doing or the things that they achieved or the football accomplishments or the bodybuilding accomplishments or the, oh, you're the gym guy or you're the guy that does this. And then I identify myself as that. And then in doing so, I was constantly now behaving in a way that was in approval of try, trying to get approval yeah. from others. Um, instead of actually now trying to seek a pro- gain approval from myself yeah. um, based upon the person that I know that I wanted to be based upon the behaviors that I wanted to embody and the way I wanted to conduct myself and carry myself and the way in which I now felt when I was with myself 
and now know that I was kind of proud of myself based upon the actions that I was now take, like I was now taking. Yeah. Um, and I was able to almost like project and then look back and go, yeah, actually, am I now doing everything that I now uh, believe at this moment in time that I would love to have like, done to put myself in the best position possible to then be in a place in a space to then be able to be of service to others to a higher level, mm -hmm. uh, which then again, like I say, comes back and drives you then to want to continue to improve. Yeah, I think that kind of comes back down to, again, kind of what we were discussing yesterday. Like we, we work with a lot of people who come to us and want to achieve that end of goal, whatever they think that that is. And sometimes I think being a leader, a lot of people think they want to encompass what you have or maybe what I have. And the thing is, leadership means that we, we need to be that lighthouse, we need to be that figure for people. But I think a lot of people don't understand also what it takes to get there. Like, I know that we live very similar lives when it comes to what we enjoy. We like to train, we like to eat, we like to spend time with our missies and our dogs. <laughs> we like to go for food. Um, if we've had a tough week of training, there's nothing better than to sit down and watch a Conor McGregor documentary on, a, on Netflix, you know? And on top of that, like we spend the necessary time thinking. Like I remember I, I commented in a Facebook post that I think it was Revo put up and uh, I was like, I fucking love sitting in a dark room just with my own thoughts. Because <laughs> he was like, what you have to get better at is sitting in a fucking dark room with your thoughts. And I've always said, like, if you cannot sit with your thoughts, I think that's why a lot of people turn to drink, food, social occasions, drugs, whatever it is, because they can't spend time at home with themselves at the weekend with their own thoughts because they feel like it's dangerous. They feel like they don't know what's going to crop up. They don't know, they don't know themselves. I think this is a big thing. What is your kind of opinion and stance on on people that potentially maybe come to you as a leader wanting to develop what you have? What would your advice be if they are lacking in a lot of the characteristics and the traits that you feel you've developed as you from the experiences you've been through? Like, What would you maybe tell people to go and do and what would you tell people to kind of start working on? Would it be a case of let's go back look at some of your behaviours, look at why you are the way that you are and why you do what you do and how can we start to re-engineer it from there? Yeah, I mean, I actually listened to an incredible, I watched an incredible documentary the other day. Um, and I no, not the Greg, <laughs> mate, I talk about that. But it talked about, um, it starts with Jonah Hill and his therapist. And actually one thing that he talked about, again, was that kind of like, uh, not the three realities, but basically like the three pillars mm. that you now need. And first and foremost, like what are the foundations you need to have in place? And the first foundation was your body. You know, that now doesn't mean like aesthetically being absolutely peeled or athletically being, you know, unbelievable. It's just like your body and the anchor points that you now have, the way in which you now treat yourself, serve yourself, nourish yourself, you know, the rest, the daylight, the basic things that you now give. Because I think so often when you get into this space and this place and you obviously have these goals, and these aspirations, and maybe you feel as though that um, you're wanting to then become or go on this journey. I think so often we overlook then the big rocks yeah. and the big rocks first and foremost is you, like our ethos is get the person thriving, the people and profit follow. But I believe that starts with, you know, the daily things that we know that we need to do that are simple and easy to do, but simple and easy not to do. Um, so I'd always say like your like body, the second thing would then obviously be kind of like yourself and just starting to understand like, why do I behave the way to behave? Why do I now think the way in which I now think? Like, where do I now believe that comes from? Yeah. What are the beliefs that I'm now currently holding on to that I've basically just basically attached myself to that I've been almost like playing out, living out, but actually aren't true. Yeah. You know, it was just maybe a throwaway comment that somebody now made and now all of a sudden I've literally just attached myself to that and then I've been living that reality. So I think it's just being able to now go and kind of like excavate, explore and understand. Um, and then obviously off the back of that, it's then almost like making a commitment and then creating this new in terms of like, okay, who is it that I now wanna be? What is it I now wanna embody? Why is that now important? You know, why is that now important to mm. me? You know, and then understanding, well, okay, yeah, like what, and I think, you know, Dr. John Martini is a perfect place to start. Like, what actually are my values? Yeah. You know, and then am I living in alignment with those? Because if you're then almost like, 
it's so misaligned you don't have that awareness it's that well then almost like you're living in, a, in in somebody else's world and i believe you're almost then a passenger in like in almost like your own like kind of like journey i suppose yeah. instead of actually almost being in the driving seat so i think even like you know your body understanding yourself in terms of just doing a little bit of reflection and then understanding well, what are the behaviors that are serving me what are the beliefs that are serving me what are the behaviors and beliefs that aren't serving me and then it's also your people then right okay who is it that i now know that i feel connected to aligned to and or has uh traits that I now value and I could now go and jack, like trait jack, yeah. um, because I think that's something that I've always seen is like, what is I like about that person? Or, and then you can have a thing. Then how, and then how can I almost like, almost like anchor myself to that, not trying to replicate that, but I really appreciate and see uh, something that gets drawn, I am drawn to that, and therefore I'm actually gonna now almost like take that and, and start to embody that because that feels in alignment to me. And I think, you know, we have to like seek that from other, others initially and those around you, which is then about obviously, yeah, the people in the environments you're in, the conversations you're having, the people that are serving you, the people that aren't serving you. Um, and I do believe that, you know, yeah, if you wanna now be able to kind of make a change, you actually have to make a commitment to change. Yeah. And that uh, requires you to make some, at the time, difficult decisions. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately it's now understanding, okay, yeah, what is it and I want to build? Who do I want to become? How do I want to live my life? And then uh, is my environment yeah. uh, in alignment with that? And then obviously that comes also then back down to your state, your energy, your emotional regulation, I think is, is absolutely key. And I think we all need to have passion. I think passion first, purpose follows. Yeah. And then the high hard goals that you then set obviously comes a byproduct obviously of those. That's where you build that certainty and that confidence and that trust in yourself because you've almost got the what, you've got the where, and now this is basically the, the why and then the how you're gonna get there. Mm -hmm. And then obviously in doing so, that's the very thing that gives you the evidence that says, actually, yeah, like this is the person that I am. This is now why I do what I do. And actually I start to build that trust within yourself, yeah. which I think is a process. And every single time you step into this new like unknown, um, and where you maybe feel as though like you're a little bit of an imposter, it's like, well, that's good because that now means that I'm putting myself into uncharted territory and I'm now growing and this is exactly how I wanna feel because if I don't feel like this, well then fundamentally I'm constantly in this safe zone. Yeah. So if you don't feel like that, that's the question, but it's about going and stepping into that fear is difficult as challenging it may as it may potentially be. And then being able to obviously lean back into the, the body yourself, your people, and then obviously going on that journey because that's the only, like, I believe like, um, not answer, but uh, trajectory yeah. that you have the capacity to go on if you now want to go through change. Yeah, because the thing is then branches come off of that and then you can explore those branches. And I think the, the biggest thing or one of the biggest things is the values thing with it as well, because I think when people realize they have to go through that change, they're actually realizing subconsciously their values are shifting because our values can change fucking every six months, every year. Mm -hmm. Like we are not the same people we were when we were 18 years old, 20 years old, people that are still doing the same things and living very unhappy lives as a result don't realize that their values have shifted and changed, but they've not chosen to go and explore what those new values are, the people they need to be around, the changes they need to make for their environment, how they maybe perhaps need to work on their health a little bit more, because I think especially maybe what we see is that the older people get, the very, the very thing that they never used to really value, i.e. their health or their body, they start to become very aware of the fact that they need to become healthier. Like they're getting older, they're holding a lot of body fat, they're not looking after themselves, they're highly stressed, they maybe be to the doctor, they've got higher blood pressure, this is not even just 40, 50 year olds. This is sometimes people in their 30s, like chronic, chronic stress. And you need to kind of be self-aware enough to know that when you're going through these cycles, when you're going through these processes of loving life, doing these things that maybe aren't serving you, there's always a voice in the back of your head kind of telling you, 
you should be doing this or why are you doing this this makes you feel a particular way and you do have to lean into it and I think that's what great coaches and mentors can do like a great coach can obviously get you in good shape or kind of take you towards a performance based goal but great coaches or mentors really do fucking change your life entirely because you know that you can go to them not only just for the advice within the realm of performance and um, body composition whatever it may be you can actually go for them go to them sorry for advice in life which is huge and I like what you said there about like trait jacking as well because if you're entering into a relationship with a coach or a mentor and they have traits that you want, ask them as many questions as possible about those traits and how they overcame those traits. Like, obviously I had a speech impediment when I was younger, so my dad always used to shout at me and be like, fucking spit it out, you can't tell a story. Like, someone else tell, <laughs> someone else tell this man's story for him. Was anyone else there? Like, that's, that's kind of what it was like. So I looked at people like Phil Graham, yourself, Barack Obama, like, great speakers. And I was like, how can I emulate the way in which they show this confidence, this conviction, and obviously I'm no fucking Barack Obama, I'm a Scottish ball guy that likes to swear when he talks, but I make it my own, you know, I'm not trying to show up and be fucking Barack Obama, like I'm trying to put my own spin on it, I know when I talk, my head moves a lot, my hands move a lot, it's just the way that I fucking get through it, I enjoy it, and if I muck up, it kind of gives me the confidence to know that I've mucked up trying to be myself rather than trying to emulate someone else because that is a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Like I need to get this perfect and speak publicly like these types of people. Whereas when I know I'm doing it in my own way, I can kind of have a bit of a laugh with myself and say, do you know what? You fucked up, bound to happen. Like get back to saying what you were going to say. Like you can just take a second, you can pause. And I think that trait jacking is so important because you can develop so much of your skills from that because everything is everything is taught by other people anyway like what you have is not your own I was speaking to a friend recently and they was having a bit of a hard time with his brother and his brother was like you've been talking to Mark Strathairn too much and I was like and he's not even been talking to me about how he was going to speak to his brother and he's like nah mate I'm just talking to you from like a place I care yeah. um, and I'm just trying to tell you what I know is right for the situation you're currently in and I was like mate even if, he, if, even if you were talking to me and you're asking me for advice it would have been someone else's advice that I've heard that I'm now giving to you we don't own that information you know and I think everyone wants to find a new answer or find new information or find new new things to kind of call upon that will allow them to really lean into the person they want to be when really everything they have, they have within themselves at this moment in time. It's just about finding the right people to connect with, yeah. making the better choices in their life around their environment and actually understanding like who is it that I want to be and why why have I held myself back from being that person? Like what, have, what are the instances in my life that have kind of put me in a box? Yeah. I think made two things like you've got to leave yourself to find yourself so again the pizza yeah. box like for me like waking up in the uh, on that kind of uh, wednesday morning and being like what i'm even doing myself like that again for me was like you've got to leave yourself to find yourself you've got to now be able to go and do those things for you then to understand like is this in alignment is this now making me feel good or actually is this now actually against my values but i've been doing this because of insert whatever yeah you know and then i think the other one is like you know some lessons have to be experienced in order for them to be then understood yeah and it's like right okay that's the way in which i you know that's why i behave in the way in which i behave or like, like that's why I did that and I felt like that and it didn't quite kind of align to me and I think um, for like us it's about not trying to get it right exactly as you said it's just about now trying to understand like, okay uh, what's the direction that I now want to head in um, is this now in alignment with me and realizing that fundamentally there's going to be so many things that are now going to come back that are going to be aligned and there's going to be things that now are going to be misaligned and it's then about you having the space to then be able to sit and think and then gain the clarity in terms of the direction you now want to be able to like go in um, and also just like owning your vulnerabilities and owning your flaws because for me going back to what you were saying it's like I spent so much of my life trying to be somebody that I wasn't because I lacked so much confidence and belief within myself because yeah. uh, there's a period of time that I got bullied and that made me then feel like well actually do you know what I'm just going to go within myself and I'm just going to people please 
things and I'm not gonna talk about or speak about or conduct or behave or whatever in this certain way because I don't wanna put my head above you know, the, the surface and uh, potentially have you know, uh, black pelters thrown back at you. So I'm actually, do you know what? I'm just gonna please, I'm gonna fit in, I'm gonna play it safe, I'm gonna use my mechanisms to like, protect me. Um, and then obviously in doing so, you then end up conducting, behaving, communicating in a way that isn't like you, you then attract the wrong types of people towards you and then you're losing so much energy because you're losing so much trust in yourself because you're pretending to be somebody that you're not yep. um, instead of actually just now owning who you are, your vulnerabilities and realize and recognize that they don't define you, they're not all of you, but they're part of you. Yeah. And actually seeing the good and the power and the strength within that. And I think that that was one of the biggest things for me was like, you talking about the speech impediments, like as soon as you have the power to now be able to step into owning that, instead of you now thinking it owns you and has power over you, which is a difficult thing to do and that takes time and takes a process you've got to now go through. Yeah. Like I think that's one of the most powerful things that you can then do because you're not then trying to run away or hide or then try and mask and or pretend to be yes. because it's I'm like, just me. Uh, it's the imperfect action type of thing. And even I think to myself, like even if I mumble, even if I stutter, even if I say the wrong word in a sentence, people will get it from the energy and, and the confidence that I'm portraying to continue rather than trying to get things perfect. Yeah. You know, and yeah. things don't always have to be perfect. Yeah. Like to be understood. Yeah. And I think that's where most people go wrong because they want to be perfect, to be understood. And it's like, you'll never be understood because you're never going to be perfect. Yeah. So. It's, I think is a, you know, and, and especially now with social media and everything else, it's like people want connection. People want, again, like leadership, come back to leadership. It's like people now want to feel safe. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to build trust. Well, fundamentally, you can't now build trust with somebody if you now don't trust yourself first and foremost. Yeah. And that's obviously the journey you've now got to be able to go on. But it ultimately does come back down to the, um, like the openness, the honesty, the, the integrity that you now hold. And it's like, yeah, this is, this is me, um, which I think you always kind of question, like, Am I really being true to myself? And I think that's always going to be a question you're going to like ask yourself: like, is this really me, or is this now me pretending to be? And again, it's like that's in a whole like dichotomy that you can get into. Yeah. There's a whole new uh, like uh, exploration, I suppose. But just understanding that, yeah, people actually now need people, and people need you exactly as you are today. Mm -hmm. And they actually need like everything you've been through, everything you've experienced, and all the challenges you've now seen actually make you who you are. And actually, there's value and there's. Um, lessons and there's experiences that you can then actually hold space within and or share that actually gives people hope yeah. um, and allows people to realize actually that is possible, that is achievable because if you pedestal yourself, it becomes so unattainable and there's such a disconnection that it doesn't quite uh, really align and temporarily it may work. Yeah. But until you really kind of like step into who you really are based upon the awareness that you have, that's when I believe the game starts to change for you because you, I think, trust yourself. 100%, 100%, that integrity is so important. Like, I think people don't quite realize that when you go on this journey, like whatever journey you're going on, like I just like to think it's the journey of life. Every time that you, you don't follow through and finish what you said you were gonna do, that integrity and that trust just falters and fails. And don't get me wrong, it doesn't mean that every time that you fail along the way that you are a failure and you're not going to achieve it, but you have to be intelligent enough within yourself to seek answers from greater places, better places. And we're, in a, we're definitely in a, a culture these days where it's so normal not to speak, not to open up, not to have conversations. Like, see if we invited some of my friends along to the conversations we were having at dinner last night or the car drive on the way down, they'd be like, 
why the fuck are you talking about this? You know, like, it's just a not the normal realm of conversation. Like, even telling people around you why you want to achieve a particular thing, why it's important to you, people don't want to be seen in that way because they just want to bottle themselves up and close themselves off because they don't want that judgment from the norm. And I was talking to the guys the other night that were running the Edinburgh Half and Full Marathon, and I was saying, obviously, like, if you complete a marathon, you're, what, like, 1% of the population have completed a marathon. I was like, as much as you guys might feel this is normal because you're inside this program and we push you to this level. This is not normal. Yeah. It's not a normal thing for people to be doing. And it's crazy how when you can remove yourself from the 99% culture and put yourself into that 1%, how incredible your life can become if you truly lean into it. But you need to have the vulnerability aspect because without actually being seen in, I actually read Winning by Tim Grover. Mm-hmm. And in that, he, I talked to my clients about this a, a couple of weeks ago and it was fucking fantastic. He talks about being able to help messed up, not being able to help perfect. So basically um, in the book he talks about this kid that was kind of was kind of brought to him by his parents that the parents wanted Tim Grover to coach this kid. He was meant to be like the next, like I think he was like the next Muhammad Ali or something along those lines, like a real like a figure, right? He'd done a lot for charity, he was a basketball player, he had a home um, with his girlfriend, a, a dog. Um, his teammates loved him, everyone loved him, all of this sort of stuff. And Tim Grover said he went and met him and the kid was just saying all the usual stuff. Like in this thing that we would have heard, like, I just want to get the best shape of my life. You tell me what to do, I'll do it. Like I just want to go as far as I can. I want to be the best at what I do. And he was just like, let's cut the shit. <laughs> He's like, I can't help perfect, but I can help messed up. So I want you to go away and I want you to come back to me and tell me what's true, what's false, and what you what you think you really want and not what you think you, you should be. Like all of these things, he was like, I didn't expect the kid to come back to me. Next day he comes back to me and he's like, I don't want to be the next Muhammad Ali. I'm so scared in the court that I'm not going to perform. I don't trust myself, I don't trust my teammates. I'm actually cheating on my girlfriend. I've got like four side bitches. <laughs> um, I smoke weed and I'm so scared that people are going to find out. All of that sort of stuff. And he's like, right, now we can fucking work. Yeah. And he said the biggest change that he's seen not that he was going to become the best basketball player, but the biggest change and shift that he's seen in that boy, they told him that this kid was going to go far in whatever he was going to do, is when he basically turned around to his parents and said, I don't want to be the next Muhammad Ali. He was like, that was the biggest growth opportunity and potential there because he's actually then decided to go on his own path. And we always ask our clients, like, let's cut the shit and let's just talk about what the actual fear is, what the doubt is here. And see if people come back to me within a course of five, ten minutes, an hour, two hours, I'm like, you've not thought about this. You've not sat and thought about this because you'll have experienced this. Do you know how long it takes to be brutally honest with yourself? When you build a habit, it's easier, but when you've not done it and you've not showed that vulnerability and you're being upfront with yourself for the first time, it can take a fucking very long time to come to terms with it. You feel that resistance and you're not wanting to admit it to yourself and you can almost feel yourself stressing out trying to find other answers that could justify as an excuse. But when you can kind of step into it, it's so powerful. Yeah, I think, again, it comes back down to the expectation you create on yourself, the expectation you believe others have of you yeah. in terms of this is now what I need to be, and then you're almost like living in alignment, which actually isn't what you really want. Uh, and then, like, fundamentally, that's where that kind of, like, gap like, happens. It's like expectations, reality, mm. and then you just lose that confidence and trust, like, within yourself. Yeah. Why are you the way that you are? Um, this is, like, the epiphany moment I had yesterday. So, obviously, being built for life is literally being built for life so that Regardless of what you're going through, you never have to sacrifice how you want to feel, how you want to look, how you want to perform, the way you want to show up for the people around you. And it's difficult because life is very stressful. Like, as I said before, we have very high pain thresholds and we can tolerate a lot. 
because we can always find the logical answer in everything to just get our head down and work a little bit harder. But I like to think of life almost like when you're training in the gym, you're trying to progressively overload, like you're stimulating, you're stimulating, you're adapting, you're adapting, but at one point you go in and you do a session, you can't walk for a week, mm -hmm. you know? Like you get to breaking point with that stimulus so much so that you've, you've outweighed any recoverable, recoverable potential that you have because it was just far too much. So I like to think of life the same way. Most people don't, don't progressively overload their life. Most people are just grabbing everything, taking everything on, saying yes to everything they can. And essentially that stimulus is so high that they break on a very consistent basis. Obviously we work with a lot of very career driven individuals, business owners and so on and so forth, parents, and they're always just saying yes. They're always just saying yes to the next thing, the next thing in business, the next thing with a family, the next thing in their career. They're always just feeling as if they are superhuman and they can do absolutely everything. And I think we would probably be guilty of that. Actually. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But we've also built that progressive overload. <laughs> like we've also been able to adapt to that stimulus and we can now manage more because we've done it relative mm -hmm. to, we've done it relative to like what we want to achieve because what we've not done along the way, as we've been saying yes to more business, more performance, more body composition goals, more family goals, we've then been removing things elsewhere to make sure that we're not overloading ourselves too much. So if we are pushing towards a performance-based goal, social events come out, mm -hmm. you know, whereas many people are like, no, I want to keep my social events and my social occasions in. And it's like, you can obviously keep some in, but you can't keep them all in, especially if you're acting to the level that you were before. You can't do everything with your family. You're going to have to like have set boundaries with your family as well. You're going to have to remove things that you would normally do. You're going to have to delegate to your partner, your wife, your husband. And I think this is what people don't realize. Like they're just adding more and top of more and top of more when they've not actually built the, 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 the capacity to, to really handle it. And we want to help people get to a point where they feel if they're going through these really difficult seasons of high stress, that they know exactly what to default to, not to sacrifice what they've worked so hard for, and that they can actually respond better to it and they're not as reactive. And the reason, after you asked me that question yesterday, the reason why I think built for life is actually a thing, which I hadn't probably considered in this way until you'd asked that question, is that I've been through a lot of fucking stress in life, whether it be the speech impediment, bullying, not just like like verbal abuse, but a lot of physical abuse as well. Um, my mum and dad, realistically, not really coming from money whatsoever, us kind of living um, in a kind of lower class, if you want to say. I was telling you that story yesterday about the fact my mum had lost her job one day, thinking, do you know what? Like, we'll get by, we'll, we'll be able to survive. Alan still got his job, comes home. My dad lost his job that day too. Like, couldn't write it. They basically paid to live in a nicer area than they kind of wanted us to grow up in. Wasn't a fucking mansion or that we lived in. We lived in a bungalow, but it was just in a better area because they wanted us to have more opportunities. But they didn't have a lot of money. They didn't have savings. And they always taught us that if anything ever did happen to them, that they needed us to be self-sufficient. So from a very early age, it taught us to be very disciplined with a lot of work ethic. We prioritized work over fun a lot of the time. And I think that kind of created this perspective for me where it was like, if you want anything, you need to go out and you need to fucking, you need to fucking work hard for it. But at the same time, it's also been my downfall at times because I will work hard at everything at once, which I've got much better at. And I think that's why the Built for Life kind of came to fruition because I was telling you the other day, I actually got an email on Thursday telling us that we were going to be evicted from our property because new ownership is taking over if we don't get rid of our dog within the next 30 days. 
obviously I'm not going to get rid of my dog. Anyone that knows me knows I'm not going to get rid of my dog. Um, but straight away, the mindset was, right, I'm working hard towards the High Rolls World Championships. I'm working hard towards being in the best shape for my wedding. I fly out to my wedding in less than five weeks. And I've been working so hard to like create this stability in our new home together over the last few months. And it feels as if the rug's just getting kind of pulled and swept from under the carpet. But instead of thinking, why is this so unfair? You kind of turn into that sort of person that's very systematic and automatic with the response of, well, I'm already working hard. I just need to work a little bit harder for this period of time because I know this period of time will also end. Mm -hmm. Like, you know there's a finish line. But at the same time, you also know that everything's equally important and that's okay. So you have to get the head down and work harder. I think when more is demanded from people, they start to prioritize what they think is important. So, you know what? I know I've got a body composition goal. I know I want to lose weight. I know I'm working towards this marathon or this same this, um, competition. But at the same time, this is going on and I'm not too sure if I'm going to be able to do it all. So I'm just going to, you know, throw that by the wayside, which I don't fully agree with. I understand that there's going to be stressful times in life, but there's always things you can default to to keep on ticking over. And I think that when you're flirting with what's possible with people, depending on where they are mentally and emotionally, they can try and find a very easy road out. And I don't want my clients to take that easy road out. I want them to see that if things are equally as important to them when they are going under large amounts of stress and demand within their life that they can step up to it and they can adapt to it, they can adapt to that stimulus because right now my wedding is obviously fucking really important to me, I want to show up and be in the best shape possible. These championships are really important to me, like I've worked fucking relentlessly through injury in that for the last few months, wasn't missing because my dad said to me, son I think you should just go home and get it sorted, I know you don't want to let people down, I know you've worked hard for it, I think you should just go home though, um, it gives you a few days to get something sorted and just to give you guys context that are listening, we have to be out in 30 days time, it's actually now 28 days time and we fly home in 29 days time for our wedding, so we need to be in somewhere for, for coming back for our wedding because we can't go back and have nowhere to live. So um, my wedding's really important to me, these championships are really, really important to me, like obviously my body composition goals for going away to the wedding, my, my clients are extremely important to me, so I'm still having to lead them, them through this. We're like currently doing like a 12 week transformation challenge for the guys inside the programme as well. Obviously some of the guys are running the Edinburgh Half and Full Marathon, which is tomorrow. Um, by the time this comes out, they'll already have ran it, but we're also down here. Our start time down here was, um, back in Glasgow anyway, it was like what, 9am, down here it's like 6pm, so we need to compete and drive back home tonight and then I need to be in Edinburgh tomorrow for like 7am, but normal people would say, you know what, nah, I can't do it, but all these things are equally as important to me and it's okay to admit that these things are equally as important to you, but you also have to understand the reality of the situation as if that's the case, you need to get your head down and show what you're capable of and when you can adapt to that stimulus by adding these things in over time and showing your tolerance levels, you realise that once the season passed, you can rest and use that time more appropriately for the things that you really do enjoy, but be proud of yourself for it. Because when that season passes and people are sitting around saying to themselves, I've gained another stone because I've never managed my nutrition, maybe someone in my family was all unwell, because my view is, right, you still need to eat. So why do you have to eat shit? You know, like, and don't get me wrong, I was an emotional eater before, but it's like, if you're an emotional eater, I want to help you through this so that your perspective is, I do not have to default and go eat shit. Even if you have to move your training about, do you have to maybe try going to the gym at 10 p.m. at night? If you've got a 24 hour gym membership, have you ever tried that? Or I thought it would just be too much? Go fuck around and find out. You know, like, sometimes people will live within these constraints of time. Like, if I don't get to the gym before 7 a.m., don't go to the gym. If I don't get there before 7 p.m., don't go to the gym. Go and fucking flirt with it. 
go and see, right? Because that's where the people come negotiable amongst all these non-negotiable like things that they have to deal with within their life. So we really want to kind of show people that they can have this higher level of tolerance to weather these storms and when these storms and these seasons are over, they have what it takes to then go on and push on in life and kind of see what's possible with the time they have available to them. But actually be fucking proud of themselves for getting through it. You know, and saying, do you know what? If that happened to me before, I would have gained a stone. But I'm actually another couple of pounds down. Before, my training would have fucking fell by the wayside. But I just beat my 5k time last week. Yeah. I deadlifted a PB fucking yesterday. Like, I'm so proud of myself because even though I couldn't get the same volume under my belt, I kept ticking over. And because I rejigged the, the amount of volume I was placing on myself, not just from a, a gym perspective or a training perspective, performance, but also life, because they pulled other things away where necessary, they can then say, do you know what? I can actually achieve more by sometimes doing less, which is a perspective a lot of people don't have. Yeah. I think the the piece that I take from that is almost like this too shall pass. And it's like understanding that this is just- This merely, too shall pass. This is literally just <laughs> merely temporary at this yeah. moment in time. And it's actually how you decide and choose to respond. And then actually what you're willing to compromise and sacrifice yeah. at that time. Um, and being okay with that temporarily, it's not now gonna be forever, but just giving yourself that opportunity to realize and recognize, right, okay, this is a time that I now need to kind of lock myself in and just now really uh, make certain sacrifices that um, I enjoy or whatever, but I just now know for this short period of time, this is now what I need to do. I need to go and do the do, and I've gotta go, yeah. go and do the work, and there will be then obviously that recoverability, and I can then shift gears. And moving forward and I think it's being more dynamic and malleable and actually yeah understanding how can I um, yeah shift gears uh, as and when now necessary yeah. uh, and understand how do I mitigate the risk and protect the downside yeah. to the best of my ability depending upon whatever you're focusing on that uh, will give you the opportunity to now be to continue to be consistently good rather than rather than occasionally great yeah and I think no I was just gonna say that that kind of comes back down to like knowing who you are though mm -hmm. because like I always wanted to be this type of person that was like a strong person never really kind of knew what that meant in my mind but that kind of strong person to me means someone that's very responsive and not very reactive like they can they can kind of find answers amongst the stress very very easily and understand a way out of it in the best and most efficient way possible and that's kind of what I want to pass on to my clients because so many people are reactive based upon who they are, but they've also not looked at who they are. So they're like, why am I reactive? Why am I turning to this food? Why am I throwing my training by the wayside? Why am I letting people treat me like this? If you know who you are and you understand those trained behaviors, we can untrain those behaviors and give you new ones. And it can just be one simple trigger that sends someone into that spiral for weeks. So understand yourself better because that, that one thing that happens just triggers you and goes, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm a failure. I've always known it. But you've not built any new evidence to show yourself that you're yeah, not. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And this is where that 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 grit, that resilience, that discipline that you need to get through, even just one thing that, that that is really difficult at that point in time, that season, that thing that you know shall pass at some point. Even if you just do one thing, you have one more thing in your locker to say, do you know what? Maybe I can do it. Yeah. I think it's that thing is like when I get to X, when I get to Y, when I get to Z, then I will feel, then I will have, then oh, I will achieve, then yeah. I will, and whatever. And it's like, the, the reality is there's always gonna be uncertainty. There's always gonna be uncertainty. We uh, as beings obviously have different degrees of certainty that we now need as individuals. Um, and there's obviously varying, varying um, levels to that, I believe. Some people are more okay with uncertainty. Some people need more safety, security, yeah. and certainty. But it's like the one reality is there's always gonna be uncertainty, regardless of where you are, what you're going through, or what it is you're now doing. The second 
second thing is that there's now always going to be some type of pain and or challenge regardless of again varying degrees but there will always now be pain and challenge and then yeah. the third thing is always is going to be consistent constant work yeah there's consistent constant work doesn't matter when you get to xyz or when i think that i'm going to look feel perform have achieve a b c or d it's like those three realities are still going to be there um and you can't then shy away from that because that's ultimately the work that you have to become okay with, but it's the tools and the strategies that you then start to develop and start to put in place that allows you to understand how can I now deal with these things to a better degree and where do I now see the opportunity in this and how is this now progressing me? Because quite often that's usually the point where I've done in the past, absolutely, uh, where you almost say like, will fail, give up on yourself and stop instead of just now realizing actually you're probably way closer than you think you are, it's just being able to um, get back to that grit, that tenacity, remembering why you're doing what you're currently doing, yeah. why that's now important to you. Again, uh, not um, like the thing, but the person you're becoming through the thing. Mm -hmm. I think that is the thing that gives you that peace, or has, I can only speak for myself, but when I sit down on the sofa at night or I sit in times where I'm by myself, that's the thing that gives me peace. Yeah. And there's always going to be, well, you could have done this and what about that? And you maybe should have done this or you look like a tit then or you, but I mean, like there's always going to, there's always going to be there, but it's that like, ref, like reflection. And I shared with the guys the other day, it's like developing your craft, whatever that now looks like for you, I believe is repetition, reflection, and then mm -hmm. iteration. 100%. And then you equal that equals progression. If you do a shit ton of work, you then reflect upon that. You then think about what, what do I now need to develop, iterate, improve, blah, 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 and then ultimately do that and then go and do a few more reps, that's gonna allow you to progress until you hit the next kind of glass ceiling and then it kind of continues to build, which is what it sounds like built for life. Yeah, exactly mate, that, that, mate, that's exactly that. You've just explained it. <laughs> I don't know about commission. <laughs> I don't know about that, mate. Use, use JP10, uh, JP10, JP10 discount but at checkout. I think, yeah, I think just probably to finish up because I know we probably need to check out right yeah. now. One, one minute. Oh, one minute. <laughs> <laughs> that's your B&B host is gonna fucking hate us. Um, but the, the one thing I just picked up, I think, as you said, like you're far closer than you think. Like if you give up, you're never going to see just what's on, on the other side. Like, and I know that we found that in like competitions. Like, do you even remember when we done the national fitness games and like your legs blew up in the assault bike at the end? Mine done the same thing the next day because I'd done the two back-to-back -back days with Christian. And we nearly finished first on one of the things we were doing and came in literally like two seconds behind because I'd fucking gave up and jump off because my legs had blew up a bit where I was like, if we hadn't switched within that time, it's even just small things like that of awareness. If I hadn't switched within that time, we would have beat them because it took him about three seconds to go on the bike yeah. because I was trying to fucking pull myself off the bike. Whereas if I just went fucking teetotal and stayed on it and pushed myself that bit harder, yeah. but then that's where that reflection is so important because if you've done the hard work, you've reflected, you can then go back and iterate it and be better. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a huge part of like that self, like that self mastery and understanding of oneself. And I think it's a consistent journey again, like even with the work that I continue to seek in the leaders that I now look for and the coaching that I now uh, want to have and exactly the same for you, you know, it doesn't stop and it doesn't just end. It's always this consistent journey and you are then seeing new challenges, new problems, and then obviously new opportunities, but it's that consistent, constant work that you've got to almost start to fall in love with yeah. uh, and be okay with that, which I think is, you know, the most important thing. So where are we going for brunch? Mate, I have no idea. I am fucking starving. <laughs> I am so hungry. Um, 
I'm not too sure. Well, we'll leave it up to Arden. I'll leave it up to, we'll leave it up to the we'll captain as long as, he doesn't, as long as he doesn't fall asleep. On the way. <laughs> two, brownie, two brownies out, two brownies in and Aaron's asleep. Yeah. Double chocolate king. Ah, that's it. Double Sorry. chocolate king. <laughs> um, but guys, thank you so much for tuning in to both the Built for Life podcast and... The High Performance Coach podcast. Yep. This is fun. Maybe you have to do it again. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yep. Spontaneous podcasts are always, are always the one. We'll maybe put it on the car on the way. I'm going to say a lot of times, like, mate, we should literally do a podcast in there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 well, listen, we, we, you, you might have two bonus episodes if we decide to record another <laughs> if, if we if we come first at the world we'll record another yeah, podcast that's a promise absolutely dude i appreciate you and have so much love for you thank you likewise mate thank you so much